What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, my guest is Anne Perry of Business Heroine Magazine, and we're talking about breaking through fear when you're launching your business. This is something that if you've even stuck your toe in the water of entrepreneurship and putting yourself out there and marketing online, you're going to know this sense of resistance and fear. And that's exactly what Anne and I are going to be talking about in today's interview. I know when I was starting my business and even back when I was starting my first blog, I really didn't believe in any of this mindset stuff. I'm quite a like intellectual person and I just like to think that I can figure it all out with my mind, right? So I thought all I needed was just more information about what to do. Like what are the steps to take and then I'll be successful. And actually what I've learned is that through much trial and error, that it's not always about knowing the steps to take. There's lots and lots. There's many. I can't even emphasize how many routes there are to success. Some people do webinars. Some people do podcasts. Some people do blogs. Some people do Periscope. I mean, there's so many ways that you can have success and reach your ideal audience. But what holds us back is often the fear that we feel. So we don't let ourselves fully shine and fully put ourselves out there because we're worried what other people will think, or we think somewhere subconsciously that we don't actually deserve it. So we do need to know the steps, some basic steps, but at some point we need to stop consuming more information and hoping for a magic pill and instead really shift ourselves to looking at where we're holding ourselves back and just pushing through that fear and doing it anyway, right? What is that great book by Susan Jeffords? Feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's just what we need to do in our business. And for me, it was iterative, taking little steps and getting more confident and putting myself out in a bigger and bigger way. Anyway, I think you'll really enjoy this interview with Anne Perry today. So let's just, I'll just stop the (laughs) the introduction right here and we'll just get straight into the interview. Enjoy. Hi, Anne. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Oh my goodness, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. So Anne, we were just chatting a little bit before we started recording and I asked you what your superpower was. And you said that it was seeing the potential in people. And I absolutely love that. And it actually really got me inspired. Well, I was inspired before to talk to you, but once you said that, I just, (laughs) I think it's really lovely because you're so right. Like so many of us have potential and ideas, but just don't know how to make it happen. So that's really what I, what I wanted to have you on to talk about today. Hmm, thank you. Yeah, I am a crusader for possibility. I'm passionate about possibility. And what I really believe is that if you desire it, it's meant for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't desire it. There's so many things in the world that I don't desire. And it's not because there's anything wrong with them, but they're just irrelevant to my life. I don't 
for example, desire to figure out a new chemical compound to like, I don't know, eradicate a rare disease or, you know, and of course that disease deserves to be cured, but it's not my desire because it's not my path. So I really believe when there, you know, desire is one of the ways that our possibilities are shown to us. I love that idea because I think, you know, you really, you really hit on something there that it's like, if you are feeling a passion for something and a desire and like a big, scary dream to do something, actually not everybody in the world has that same dream. And so that is to go after it. I think it's funny because we can often feel like when we have that hidden desire for this big dream, it feels scary. Like, oh, maybe I'll go after that in the future, but I can't do that now. But you're saying, absolutely, yeah, this is a sign that we need to start to go after this. Yes, exactly. I love exactly how you put that. It's like, we can assume, isn't that funny how we often assume like the thing that we want the most, it must be the hardest to get or something like that. But really, and you know, it's the scariest. It's the one that kind of, you know, maybe pushes our buttons the most that, you know, gives us the most butterflies. But that's because like you just said, it's a signpost. That is the direction we're headed. There's something there for us. And that's why it stirs all those thoughts of fear and doubt and all of those things that that pop up. So it's like when you're experiencing fear, when you're experiencing doubt, instead of listening to it, like that must be true, I must not be able to do it, or it must be really, really hard, or who am I to da da da, you know, all of those doubt ideas. Instead, we can look at those feelings and those thoughts when they pop up and go, okay, I'm on the hot path. Those don't show up if there's something that doesn't matter to me. Those don't show up if there's something that's irrelevant to me. It's just kind of like, meh, not relevant. So when those show up, it's totally a signpost that you're on the right on the right path and closer than you think. The scarier it is, the closer you are. <laughs> Ooh, I love that. This is great. We've just like skipped all the introduction stuff and we're just like right into the juiciness. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it reminds Don't me. Don't you love that when you meet someone and you're like, okay, it, it's, you know, there's the hi, how are you? And the how's the weather? Or you can go straight to life <laughs> and like the big picture. <laughs> we're just like right in it today with our big yeah. dreams and everything. That Your comments about that reminded me I just read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Mm. And and some of the stuff she talked about reminded me a little bit of that. Like you get this idea and this idea finds you. And it's like the ones that mm. give you chills and feel like a big, that are a bit big or scary. And the fact that it found you means you can do it. Like it wouldn't mm. have found you if you couldn't do it. And I think we, I don't know, sometimes we just think, I don't know, we're not deserving enough. I, something, it just seems super terrifying to go after some of those really big ideas. So yeah, I wonder, could you kind of share, you know, when you're working with new business owners and and Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, people that want to start businesses and they have this like big dream or big idea, like what are some of the first things you recommend to start, start to even go down that path to start to build up your confidence around it? One of the pieces of advice I often share is that the only fear you need to overcome as an entrepreneur is the fear of fear because it just goes with the territory. And I mean, we can look at other areas of our life as well. Think about when you fell in love with someone or you have a major crush on just some really hot person. It's like, that's when you get nervous, right? That's when you get butterflies. That's when you, when the stakes are high is when you really, really care. And so, you know, really the fear will be there. So that's number one. I guess we just kind of talked about that. It's like, don't see fear as a bad sign, even self-doubt. I mean, 
we want to continue to work on our confidence and work on our self-esteem and work through the doubt, but it doesn't, if that's there, it doesn't necessarily go away. It's taking action in spite of the doubt being there. And really the truth is the way that you build your confidence, you don't build your confidence by thinking yourself confident. You build your confidence by taking action, courageous action over and over again until you've built the muscle, just kind of like working out. You can't get those hot python biceps by thinking them. You have to <laughs> lift the weights. So it's really that. It's getting in the game. And even when it's scary, continuing the course. I think the fear actually like is an indicator to me, at least when I'm actually scared of doing something and I feel that fear and resistance, that's a sign that I'm pushing my limits and growing. Whereas Absolutely. the stuff that used to be scary, like back in the beginning, like now I can just do it week to week and it, I don't even think about it. Like for example, doing a podcast interview. Yeah. The first one was super scary, but now yeah. I do podcast interviews all the time. And I think right. if you're not feeling, I mean, that fear is, is good. You need to think, well, that's a sign that I'm growing and I'm pushing my limits and I'm reaching a new level. Exactly. And what happens is you become sort of addicted to that growing edge. And that's, I mean, we're just, that's our nature as humans is we are expansive creatures. You know, something that was once scary then becomes just kind of, you know, normal day to day, not a big deal. And then at some point it actually becomes perhaps boring and you've grown out of it, whatever it is, you know, a skill, for example, when think about any job or any new hobby even or business that you start to learn something. And at first it's like, there's this growing edge and, or driving a car, for example, you're thinking, you're looking in the rear view mirror, then you're looking inside mirror, then you're looking at the road, then you're looking in the mirror, then you're, you know, just over and over again, kind of like analyzing. And should I be this close to the line? Should I be that close to the line? And how much pressure to put on the foot and the, all of that. And then it becomes normal. And then at some point it's like, I don't want to drive or whatever. I'm ready for the next thing. So that's definitely a piece of it. It's, I feel that people who are natural born entrepreneurs are naturally drawn to grow. And it may sound like bad news about, you know, well, fear is not going to go away. But I think on some level, we all know that. And there can be comfort in knowing like, okay, the fear doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. It doesn't mean I need to believe all my thoughts that I don't, I'm not qualified yet or whatever those thoughts that come, especially when you're just getting started and with something that you want so dearly that's that you're really passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. But I'd love to take a step back and just learn a bit more about your journey. So how did you come to run Business Heroin Magazine? Oh gosh, do I tell the long version or the short <laughs> version? So I'll just share that, you know, I didn't always know that I was an entrepreneur. Looking back, it's, you know, hindsight's 2020 and I'm, the indicators were there all along. I didn't know I was an entrepreneur. I just knew I wanted to enjoy my career, that I wanted to have passion in the work that I'm doing. And so I ended up pursuing a career in the nonprofit world. And partly that was because I was really interested in psychology and wasn't ready to, you know, I studied psychology in college and wasn't ready to go get the PhD and or, you know, go, go the full counseling route or whatever. So nonprofits seemed like an arena where psychology might somewhat be involved with just my college degree. And also I wanted to be able to have more responsibility in my work where I felt like, okay, well, I could work at some big corporation and just do data entry right out of college or do something like that. Or I could work for a nonprofit where there's a small staff and there's just more responsibility. There's more interesting things to do. I can get my hands in more buckets. I could learn more. And so that I guess is indicator number one, sort of the draw to, in a weird way, more responsibility or more creativity, I should say. 
but after a couple of years working in a couple of different nonprofits, I was just finding that I was lukewarm at best about what I was doing. Even though I cared about the work we were doing, it was like my personal self-expression through my work felt stifled. Like I wanted more. I wanted to be creating programs. And here I was working for $12 an hour as an executive assistant for a nonprofit. I actually ended up pursuing my master's degree, got a master's degree in nonprofit management. So I have a master's degree and I'm working for $12 an hour as an executive assistant. And it was just one of those times where like, I just felt my potential was left at the table. And I feel like that is probably a common thread entrepreneurs have too, is like, there's this really strong draw toward your potential. You know, it's like potential is not left to, is not meant to be wasted. And it actually can be painful feeling like, but I'm meant to do so much more, but I'm called to do so much more. And I'm living in this little small box. Like it, it's a different type of uncomfortable. You know, we talk about stretching your comfort zone to expand and grow. It's a different uncomfortable when you're actually feel like you're shrinking or staying stuck. So I ended up with no safety net, no savings, not much money. As you can tell from my income, I quit my job and started an energy healing practice. I had been getting certified on the side in this energy healing modality I was super interested in called body talk. And so I had gone through all these certifications and I was doing this energy work for my friends. And I just thought, you know, I could open a practice. This could be my business. And so that was my very first business. And I got a little office and I got some clients. I sent out a letter to everybody I knew to bring some clients in. And I, I jump-started a little client base. And I'm actually, you know, looking back kind of impressed because I had no idea what I was doing. And I didn't even know what I didn't know, if that makes sense. So I got some clients and I got it rolling, but it wasn't enough. And I started falling behind on my bills. It was like I would go to networking lunches to meet people and just leave $15 poorer because I spent the money on the networking on the you know on the lunch but didn't end up with any clients was doing trades and you can't pay the mortgage on trades unfortunately. And so I started falling behind on bills, I started falling behind on mortgage and I just remember this this one day where it just it was one of those something has got to give moments. You know, when you look back, it was a turning point. At the time, it just felt like a really crappy day. But I woke up and I was going to the coffee shop around the corner and counting the change in my hand to see if I had enough money for a cup of coffee. And I, my cell phone started ringing and I was like, oh, okay, it must be 8am because that's when the bill collectors would call. And I was just like, how is this so hard? Like, how did I create so much struggle in my life? You know? And I, I remember looking at somebody across the street and, and and thinking, well, they look okay. And it's like, well, maybe to them, I look okay. Who knows? Like we're all, maybe we're all just figuring this out. And I am alive. I'm still breathing. I can take a breath. So obviously I'm okay on that level. I'm losing my home. I'm, I have no idea where, you know, I'm making daily decisions between food and gasoline. Like it was a really, really tough time, but I got really present in that moment. And I remember, you know, feeling the sun on my face. I remember seeing the bright blue sky overhead and seeing the birds overhead and thinking, you know, what if it's as simple as the birds? They just, they wake up, they get a worm, they fly around. Like that's their life. They're just a creature. They're just existing. And I remember thinking, well, I'm just a creature. Maybe I'm just existing. Maybe all of this struggle, maybe all of this overcomplication of just survival being so difficult. What if I threw that in my own way? And if I did, if I invented this story of life is so hard, then maybe I could invent another story and do it differently. It's like one of those times when all the complication crumbles and it's like, oh, it's really simple. 
So it's almost that calm on the other side of the storm. So it was one of those days. And so, you know, it was in that, on that day, I really made a decision for myself. I'm going to find a way and I'm going to do this differently. All I want to do is give my gifts to the world in a way that feels good, in a way that fuels my self-expression and that allows me to survive in return. And it would be nice to do a little bit beyond surviving. It would be nice to thrive as well. And so I started at that point just reading every book I could get my hands on about the law of attraction and just life and business and investing and all of this. I started going to seminars. I would go to the free seminars as many times as they would let me in because I was pretty broke, had no credit even to put things on credit card. And so that was really the that was the journey into it. And you know, long story short about how business heroin started, you know, I did end up putting fallen off the entrepreneurial horse after that bankruptcy and foreclosure. I ended up getting going back to the job world and kept kind of creeping back into the entrepreneur world in sort of freelance capacity and in consulting capacity. And it was sort of an evolution like that. So it didn't happen overnight. But business heroin, ultimately, it's what I've been passionate about all along. It's like, you know, we can create life according to our own design. We can carve a path that wasn't necessarily handed to us. We don't have to be in this little box, whether that means it's a little nine to five box, or it means like, this is how much money you can make, or this is how you know, out there you can be with your weird energy stuff. It's like we can, we can destroy those boxes and carve a path exactly how we're inspired to do. And we can build a business around anything we want in a way that, you know, it's our self-expression, it's our, it's our contribution to the world, and it's our livelihood, and it's our freedom. That is what business heroin is about. That's the possibility, and that's what's available. And that's what I'm passionate about supporting entrepreneurs to do for themselves. Hmm. How did you decide to start a magazine? It's really interesting because the idea really started as I wanted to have a blog. And I was like, I cannot blog every day. Like I'm a good writer, but I'm not a fast writer. And I would be spending all my time writing. Plus I had just actually was getting out of a business that was all about writing. I was doing internet marketing and article marketing and SEO and all of this stuff for entrepreneurs. I'm pretty burnt out on writing. So I thought, well, what if it was a community thing? And so, and then I thought, you know, what if instead of just a guest blog, what if it's a magazine? Like, how about just create a magazine? So I guess one of those evolutions also just following that stream of thought. But what I've learned is, and this is just a hint for, you know, any of the new and emerging and growing entrepreneurs listening is that a platform is a shortcut. And I'm sure, Amanda, that you've experienced that as well. Having a podcast or having a magazine or having anything like that is a shortcut to getting your name out there. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. And I often, and I'm, everyone's heard this many times before, but it's like, you just need to pick one type of content, like one thing for your platform and just really mm-hmm. go for it. So here it's my podcast on my natural beauty site. It's a blog. And for you, it's your magazine. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think it doesn't really matter which format you pick, you know, just play to your strengths. But yeah, by having that central place where people can come and get your teachings and, and also get to know you and kind of build up a relationship with you. It's just amazing. Like, actually, it's a bit, it's kind of funny because people, when they meet me or when I get yeah. them on the phone, it's like they already know me. Yeah. And it'll be a bit creepy sometimes because they'll mention stuff <laughs> like that happened in my life. And I'll think, did I mention that on the podcast? <laughs> but I love it. It's really great. So yeah, definitely having a platform is, it builds up a relationship so much more quickly. And then in turn, people trust you to work with you. 
Absolutely. And I love what you said about it doesn't matter which, just play to your strengths. Because that is a huge, huge key, I would say, for entrepreneurs as well, is we're taught there are so many formulas out there, which are great, right? Because it's like, why reinvent the wheel? If somebody's figured out how to do something, then we can you know, leverage each other and learn from each other. And we, that's how we grow and evolve. However, where that falls short is when we let formulas limit us. And it's like, well, here's what you have to do. A, B, C, you have to do it this way. And what ends up happening there is if it's out of alignment with you, tell me if you agree with this, but if it's out of alignment, you just end up resisting. It's like having a foot on the gas and a foot on the brake. And so to me, the most important thing, the foundation of all of it with any business venture is it has to be in alignment with you. Every decision that you make in your business, is it aligned with your truth? Because that's where you find flow. That's where you find ease. That's where things magnetize to you naturally. That's how you let go of struggle. It's all the have to and all the should and all of that, that actually keeps us smaller, keeps us frustrated, burns us out. So the play to your strengths and the alignment is a really important. Oh, I'm, I'm nodding over here because, so I came out of a corporate career and uh-huh. when I was kind of getting started with my business. I definitely felt like I needed to just do strategy. Like I'm pretty into strategy. So I like that part, but I guess I felt like I needed to do this like masculine business strategy like what I'd read about in books. And it was like, I could never decide what was the right thing to do because it's Mm. like, I wanted the strategy to show me. And I finally figured out at some point, actually, it's your own business. So you can, I can literally now just (laughs) close my eyes, check in with my gut and do whatever that says. Like I still do the strategy, but for any big decisions, it's not my brain. It's just literally a gut feeling. And that is so freeing. (laughs) So So freeing. And it's just what works. Like Mm -hmm. knowing it's just what works. Yeah. It's like save yourself the heartache. And I felt like when you, (laughs) when you go ahead. I was going to say, I could never do that in my corporate job because I always felt like I had to have an, you know, an intellectual justification, but now it's your own business. Go for it. Yeah, totally, totally. And then those those strategies and those formulas are there. So when you make your decision that is aligned with you, it's like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to have a podcast, you know, or I want to have a radio show. And then you can go and find the groundwork that somebody has laid as far as how to do that. And you can leverage that. You don't have to figure it all out on your own. And that's important too. We rise together, you know, like entrepreneurship is not meant to be done in a silo. It's meant to be done in community. It's meant to be done with buddies, that one I learned the hard way too. I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way, in fact. So, (laughs) you know, sometimes people ask like, well, where did you learn all this? Like pretty much I learned it by making more mistakes than anyone else I know. So So what do you mean on the other side? Can you talk a bit more about that, about the fact that doing it alone is really, you know, not the way to go and, and to look for support from the community? Yeah. I mean, it's even as little as having conversation, being able to have a conversation about business and entrepreneurship, I should say more so than just like conventional business, being able to have that conversation and have it land on ears who understand what the heck you're talking about. I'm just thinking back to when I was starting out and it was, you know, I shared at the beginning, I'm a possibility crusader. I've always been really passionate about, yes, it is possible. Yes, it is. Because if somebody out there is doing it, then it's possible. Or if I thought of it, it's possible. Or if someone thought of it, it's possible. But it's when you're surrounded by people who don't think that way or who they may even think that your approach is not only is it, does it not make sense or is it a mystery, it's actually wrong or irresponsible or something like that where, or a pipe dream. So it's really important to even just have buddies who also see the possibilities 
with business, especially if you're in some sort of healing field or coaching or you know doing holistic work, you can get that sort of conventional advice, which is like, well, it's hard to make money in a field like that. And then you go, okay, well, look at Tony Robbins. He's a coach and that's it. he has a coaching business. So it is possible and it's possible on a bigger scale than like most of the world can even conceive of. So that's one level, just being able to have people to have conversations with. Another level is finding support from the people who have gone farther than you, who are farther down the path than you. Because if you are the one who knows the most, if you're really, especially you're really smart and you study a lot and you're the one who knows the most, it's like your limit is your own knowledge, you know, just your own container. And as soon as you put two people together who are also on that path and then reaching up, reaching down, supporting those who are coming up, reaching up and for support yourself, it's synergy. It takes one plus one is not two, one plus one is three, and then one plus one is a hundred. And it's just that synergy. So it's just about being around the community, finding mentors, finding support, because it's just, you know, like I shared earlier, you can't think yourself confident. You have to take the actions to create the strength, the muscle. It's the same way with community. You can't solve all your problems with your own little noggin. Like you can, it's just a lot slower of a path. And as soon as you connect with those friends in entrepreneurship, things just pop a lot faster. Is that your experience as well, Amanda? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, one thing I've noticed, and I fall victim to this sometimes too, and I notice it a lot in clients. It's like we feel in order, like we have to do it the hard way in order mm-hmm. to be like real business owners or something. Right, in order for it to count. Success. Yeah, in order for it to count. Because if it's too easy, then it doesn't count. And oh that, man, let's get rid of that one. Oh, that is just crazy. And so I think like, especially with this online marketing, which is what I talk about most of the time, people have figured it out already. Like, yes, you can innovate a new strategy. You could jump on a new platform and be like the first one. And maybe that will work for you. And that could be awesome. But for the vast majority of people, like there's things that actually, there's strategies and tactics that work. And so you don't need to like, innovate it all yourself. You just need to apply it, like tailor it to your own business. And I think that's really freeing. And it's such a shortcut. You don't have to create everything totally from scratch yourself. And yes, you still deserve the results, even if you do that. Like it's okay if it wasn't super hard. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, I love that. It counts even if it was easy, even if it was a big break and you go, oh, well, I was just lucky because I got introduced to so-and-so and and then they just introduce me to this and it just all happened. That's what's called being in the flow and being connected to your magic. And that's actually more of that, please. Like more easy. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let Absolutely. it be easy. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious with your magazine, like when you first started it, cause you get some pretty big name coaches and, and business owners on the cover. And so I'm wondering, mm-hmm. did you have resistance and fear that came up around contacting people like this to, to get them to participate? Totally, totally. So two things. Number one, this is just also speaks again to why is a shortcut to have a platform. So that's just a hint for everyone listening. Some sort of platform, whether that's a podcast, whether that's a magazine or a guest blog or a YouTube channel or whatever it is, when you have a platform, you have something of value to offer other people. So it's different. There's a different energy inviting somebody to be featured in our magazine than there is to be like, Hey, could you do a favor and like maybe talk to my list? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like when you look at what you have 
that is a value that makes your job easier too. So that's just a, another little plug for having a platform. But second, yes, even with that, totally, I had, you know, I, I was starstruck with, you know, there were people who I was just a name on their list. And now I'm having conversations with them like peers. And it really definitely shifted my career for sure. Like, absolutely. And I had those moments where there were some particular superstars in, in my world. And I was running around the kitchen screaming, Oh my God, that's so, yeah. So what do you do? Like if you start to feel that fear and resistance, what are some things that you do to, to get, like to push through it, to break through it? Hmm. I think what it is really when I break it down, it's just the more times you break through fear, the more you realize it's fear shows up at the edge of a breakthrough. Fear shows up when there's something big for you on the other side. And so just knowing that it's almost a reframe from fear meaning danger, danger, run away, go back or stop or roll into a ball and curl curl up on the floor, which is what we can be tempted to do. We can freeze in the face of fear. And that's, you know, sort of this natural reaction. We're going to crawl up in a ball and hide in the corner. And I know that everyone listening has experienced this. and, And I know that you have too, Amanda. It's like on the other side of fear, like that's anything amazing that we've ever had, there had to have been some level of fear, right? Some level of at least like hardcore butterflies. So knowing that allows a reframe to be like, okay, this just means I'm on the trail. This just means I'm on the hot path. That's one thing. And then as far as, you know, what to like physically do to, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, I think that Sometimes it's experimenting with your physiology, like smile as you're writing the email or stand up and like move your hips a little bit or, you know, even just like getting into your body and out of your head. Mm-hmm. What do you do to yes. um, yeah. get yourself here? Definitely. So I love EFT tapping and I found that's really helpful when I'm feeling resistant. And I did a, I'll put a link in the show notes, but I did an episode with an EFT practitioner where we did some exercises. So that's really mm-hmm. useful for me. Like if we, if I get really stuck, but also... I think I've started just being aware of it. And I kind of Mm -hmm. notice like, oh, I'm anxious about this or Mm -hmm. I'm not so much anxious, but it's almost like this excitement slash fear. Like this Mm -hmm. feels a bit scary. And I just kind of notice that it's there. Mm -hmm. And then I do it. I just do the thing anyway. I'm pretty good at making myself do it anyway. And so I guess I, I recognize, I guess I've shifted the way I perceive that feeling so that it's not like scared of heights fear. It's like a different kind of, like, it feels different to me, like a different kind of fear. That's just like, oh my gosh, am I really going to do this? And then I just myself send the email anyway. And then, (laughs) and just kind of see it as an excitement. The other thing though, you talked about getting into your body. I just got a standing desk. Yeah, me too. I have a standing desk too. It's great. Oh my gosh. And that's amazing because well, not only can I have like 80s dance party while I'm working, which is like the best thing ever. But like if, mm-hmm. I, if I'm feeling a bit, I feel that. It's like you can move around and get the nervous energy out. Yeah. Rather yeah, than absolutely. Stuck, stuck sitting. Yeah. And then it just like freezes you up. Yeah. You know, there's a, a bonus training that I include in Business Heroin Academy, which is our, it's really the foundation for getting a business idea out of your head and into the world. Just like the, it's what I wished I had back when I was, you know, bankrupt with the birds. Like just if someone would tell me what to do, I would do it. Like, where do I step? What do I do first? It's like breaks it down into this is how you get a business off the ground, like the fundamentals and you can use it 
to take your business to the next level or to release a new program or whatever. It's just basically essentially the mechanics of how to get a business off the ground. But within there, there's a bonus training that, that I offer. And it's, it's about the mechanics of breakthrough. And we're kind of speaking about it. So if, if you don't mind, I'd love to just give a little... Yeah, go for it. ...nutshell version. Yeah. All right. So we're taught often that there's the comfort zone. You guys have heard that saying, everything you want lives just outside your comfort zone or everything magical is just outside your comfort zone. And when I was really looking at it, this actually was a total download. It was like waking up at 3.33 in the morning and then going, okay, I'm like wide awake. I can't fall back to sleep. And I wrote for like four hours and this all this content just channeled through is interesting. So it's, it's from me, but or it's through me, but not of me. <laughs> and basically it's like, we have our comfort zone and that's where we're comfortable. And the comfort zone actually kind of gets a bad rap because we'll say, well, everything we want is outside the comfort zone and we have to stretch and be like in fear to be like expanding. And we've kind of talked about that a little bit, but you know, there's something that is nice about being comfortable. Not going to lie. What's wrong with being comfortable. And that's what happens when we are at any new level of growth. Like we give ourselves space to like grow into that. And the, like you shared the thing, doing your first podcast was scary and now it's just comfortable. That's now in your comfort zone and that's not a problem. And just outside the comfort zone. So the thing is, there's not your comfort zone and then everything you want. There's actually several zones and this is the mechanic. So I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. There's your, your comfort zone. And just outside of your comfort zone, is the dissatisfaction zone. And that's actually what happens first when you are about to break into a new level of something. It's actually what happens when you're feeling called to a new level of something is you start to feel dissatisfied. It's like a healthy dissatisfaction with what is your existing life that because we're expansive creatures. And so it's like you're being called for more. So you're not as satisfied with what you currently, your current experience, what that concludes, what that contains. And so the some people will live in the dissatisfaction zone forever. And that's just called like being in a funk, being in a rut, resigning, giving up on life, being like life sucks, then you die. Like some people choose that route. Like just, I will live in my dissatisfaction zone. I'm not moving beyond what's comfortable. I'm just dissatisfied with it and that's it. But for entrepreneurs and for people who are just in general drawn to expand, the dissatisfaction zone is that pull. And it's like, okay, there's something more for me here. And so it's good news. And I call it a friend of mine and I coined this term one time, sort of accidentally. She's like, it's kind of like business PMS, like when you're grumpy and ready. I was like, yes, business PMS, pre-manifestation syndrome. Like you feel like you're in a rut before you're about to manifest something cool. So that's what happens. The dissatisfaction zone, business PMS, pre-manifestation syndrome. And then outside of that is the anticipation zone. And that's if you choose to move through the dissatisfaction zone and grow and expand, you move into the anticipation zone. And that's where you're making plans and you're taking classes and learning things and doing all the planning. It's almost like this just, you know, the planning analytical area. On the edge of that is your courage zone. And here is if you feel like you've been striving for something and trying for something so much and it feels like a struggle and you have not broken through and you're like, what is wrong? Am I doomed? Like, how come, how come I can't just break through this? It likely is that you are kind of stuck between that anticipation zone and that courage zone because the courage zone, it's like we can, the anticipation zone is very tricky. It makes us feel as if we are doing a lot. And I'm sharing this again. You know, I said I've made so many mistakes. I was stuck for years, 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 years in the anticipation zone. 
I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to have my own business. I was taking tons of courses. I was work like quote unquote working for hours after work every day, building a business model. I had the most fantastic, awesome, you know, multi-million business model. It just lived in a Microsoft Word document in my computer and I had no clients. So that was me being stuck in the anticipation zone, tricking myself that I was actually putting it out in the world. Because the courage zone, is it, that's the place where it's the pressing send on the email. That's like the pressing, I call them pressing send moments, pressing send on your phone to make that scary phone call, the following up, the reaching out, the putting yourself out there. That takes courage and it can feel really uncomfortable because that courage zone, like the wall of the courage zone, it's like a ring of fire. And so when we're walking towards that, we're maybe making all of these perfect plans and we walk towards this ring of fire, isn't it natural to be like, um, that's going to burn me. So I'm going to step back. And so, but what that can look like is we'll be like, oh, you know what? This isn't as easy as I thought. I'm going to actually approach it a different way, right back into the anticipation zone. Or, you know what, there's other, I've just learned about this other thing. And I think that is a bigger, better thing. So shiny object syndrome, or it can be like all of these things that we, that take us out, that bring us back into this safe planning zone, this anticipation zone. So we're, it's always around the corner. It's like, we're, we can taste it. We can feel it. It's right there, but we keep going back to the drawing board or we keep perfecting it until we put it out there. And all we need to do is walk through that courage zone. So that's where the fear comes up. That's where it's like the only thing you need to, the only fear you need to overcome as an entrepreneur is the fear of fear. And just ask yourself. So with your question, Amanda, like how do I get myself through that fear? Part of it, you know, now that you understand the these basics of the mechanics of breakthrough, you can look at it and go, okay, honestly, where am I? Like what zone am I in? And it's no judgment. You can stay wherever you are and it's not a problem. If you're comfortable and things are going smooth and singing along, it's like awesome. Enjoy the comfort zone. Like that is great. And if you're feeling dissatisfied, you're feeling a rut, well, it's like you could choose to beat yourself up over that. Or you could say, huh, this is that itch that gets under my skin when something new is there. And maybe it's still brewing. Maybe I don't know what it is yet. Maybe I can't force it. Maybe I could do some inner work and like, you know, journal and, and see what comes through. Or I can just allow this healthy dissatisfaction until, you know, it starts to grow and blossom into something. But that anticipation zone is just the one to be extra alert. You know, it's a trickster. So just be aware of like, what is that mind trickery that might be stopping you just shy of the courage zone? Because everything, you know, the breakthrough is on the other side of the courage zone. It's just moving through those zones. And that's where newness is. That's where growth is. That's where the breakthrough and your income is, or you're getting your first client or getting your, you know, taking it to the next level or whatever that means. Oh, Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And thank you. I think it's really useful to have a framework to think about that in because otherwise it can just feel like our emotions and it's hard to know like how we translate that into how we should take action. But that's really helpful to know like in that point, you're actually really close to the point where you just need to take action and make the breakthrough and just get stuck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, we've heard the saying, don't believe everything you think. And also don't believe everything you feel just because you're feeling you know, our emotions are helpful, but they're not just necessarily truth tellers. Just because we feel self-doubt doesn't mean we're actually lousy. Or just because we feel fear doesn't mean that there's not something awesome on the other side. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're running out of time, um, but can you tell everybody definitely how they can get a hold of Business Heroin Magazine and also where to find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the main hub is businessheroinemagazine.com and heroin is spelled H-E-R-O-I-N-E, businessheroinemagazine.com. And would love to have you check out businessheroinacademy.com as well. That's the program that I shared about. But come to businessheroinemagazine.com. That's the main hub and you'll find everything there, including me. Awesome. And I'll link all of that up in the show notes. So it's really easy for us to get to. So thanks so much for being with us today, Anne. Thank you, Amanda, so much for having me. It was just wonderful to connect with you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, all the links are included in the show notes, which are directly on your phone if you just tap on the picture of the podcast, or you can get them at my website, wellpreneuronline.com. Thanks so much for joining me this week, and I'm wishing you tons of success in your wellness business. And I'll see you back here next week with my next episode.